Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Tessa. Hi, I'm Tessa. I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, Tessa. Uh, okay. I was hoping, like, you know, there's something to read down here, and I'm like, oh, good, I'll just read from this thing, you know. Um, anyways, um, I definitely am a compulsive overeater. Um, so grateful, so grateful today that I get to be a compulsive overeater, and that was not my story when I came in. Um, this was my first OA meeting, and I sat on that side in, like, the second row, and I came with, I'm in another 12-step program, and I came with two people that were in OA and also in um, my other 12-step program, and I remember um, feeling that at-home feeling. Like, people used to talk about it in my other program, that they felt at home, and I I always questioned my membership in that program, although I do not question it anymore, but I always questioned my membership in that program. And um, and then I came here, sat in that seat, and I got that, like, at-home feeling, and I was like, shit. You know, like, I was so pissed off because I didn't want this to be my thing. You know, it was like, and for, I think, two, you know, for a while I tried to make this not my thing. You know, I didn't accept the fact that I was a compulsive overeater. I didn't want to be a compulsive overeater. And I tried so many times to be like, no, it's okay, I got this. You know, like, I remember thinking, I came in a little bit before Thanksgiving, I think in 08, I think it was 2008. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm just imbalanced, internally imbalanced. That's an understatement, you know, but, like, I'm internally imbalanced, so I'll do Bikram yoga. That will be my solution, you know, like, I, and so I did it, and I was still not okay, <laughs> you know, because um, what I know today, why I'm so grateful is because I know that food and this body that I've been given are not my problem, and food and this body that I've been given are not my solution. And as long as I was trying to make something on this earth my solution, I was on the hamster wheel, (laughs) going nowhere fast. Um, So what it was like, I, um, I have a CD of Bill Wilson, The Day That Dr. Bob Died, and it's amazing. It's amazing to hear that man speak, and um, I think I've listened to it twice now, and it's just amazing, and, and he talks about he saw Dr. Bob before he died, and, oh, for those of you who don't know, so Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob are co-founders um, of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's where we get our program from and we get where we get our 12 steps, and so he... Um, was saying goodbye to Dr. Bob and um, Dr. Bob said hey you know what he's like hey Bill don't louse this thing up you know keep it simple that's what he told them like that was his parting words just keep it simple so um, so and it is it's really simple this program's so simple and I make it very complicated sometimes you know like my way out is outlined for me it's written down I don't even have to figure it out you know like I take these steps 
and what they say happens in the book happens in my life. I don't take them these, these steps, and nothing happens, you know. So, with the Keep It Simple, he and and what he shared too, he shared their story in this meeting. It was a, the recording was a an anniversary meeting, and um, he shared his story with and how he and Dr. Bob kind of came together, and so um, they do what it was like. Um, what happened and what it's like now. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, so what it was like, I um, grew up in the valley, in the San Fernando Valley, and I am the baby in the family. I'm the only girl, and I'm the baby. I have two older brothers. Um, my dad has an addiction, and my mom has an addiction to my dad. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And other things, and um, but that's their stories, you know. That's not mine. But I grew up in a, just you know, in a, a family, and um, they did the best job with the tools they had, and um, and they love me in a very special way. My family loves me in a very very special way, and um, so. I, my dad was always doing his thing, and everything was always fine. This is, I shared at a meeting another, oh, um, last Sunday, and I was like, everything was fine. It was fine. Everything was fine, and we always looked so good. We always looked so good on the outside. And my role was to sit there and look pretty. That was my role. And not say anything. I never said a word. I literally just sat there and looked pretty. And when I wanted something, I got something. Like, it was given to me. And so, um, you know, that doesn't work so much in, like, the real world, you know? Like, hi, I'm sitting here and looking pretty. What are you going to give me? You know, like, it doesn't really work out that way. So, um so that's how I grew up, being very coddled, you know, like like everything was fine, everything was okay, nothing's happening, we're fine, and we look really good. Like, really, that was the thing. Me and my brothers always matched on holidays, you know, like my mom lined us up in a train and we took the pictures, like, you know, in each other's, like, laps kind of thing. Always matched. I always had pigtails in my hair with little curls, and my barrettes matched my dress, you know, and... um um, so, so that was that, and, and I was fine, like, I, I never even, I, I think I just always was fine, and, um, and this, this disease didn't show itself until, you know, like, my first addiction was a him, <laughs> and, um, I always thought if he would be, if he would just change the way I thought he needed to change, then I would be fine. You know, I would be okay. And I was so focused on the him and what needed changing and what he needed to change that um, that that was my addiction. And when there wasn't a him, um, all of a sudden, you know, and, and I, I remember hearing an uh, AA speaker talk about being a periodic, and that really helped me. Because for a long time I thought, this came out of nowhere, you know. Like, I used to eat fine. Like, I didn't care about, in in high school, I didn't. I didn't care about uh, my weight. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I ate when I was hungry and I stopped. I mean, it didn't show up when I was in high school. And so I thought it came out of nowhere. But looking back <laughs> and doing, like, a food inventory um, and doing the steps with my sponsor, I saw that. I was like a periodic, you know, and he explained how a periodic worked was like once a year I'd eat too much, 
like way too much you know and then it came down to like twice a year I'd eat too much and then once a month I'd eat too much and then once a week and then it just spiraled into binging like crazy <clears throat> and I'd be at meetings in my other program and they have a lot of food at those meetings and I would just I would sit next to the, like the snack table and just eat just throw food in my mouth and then be have a craving I had a craving you know and go at like on Sunday night at 8:30, you know all around the valley because I needed a chili cheese hot dog you know I just started doing things that I'd never done before when it came to food um, I started um, I don't know how old I was maybe 25 ish 24 uh, and I would always do the thing like I controlled it. That's that's the thing too of how it didn't show up was because I I had it under control. I had the power, so I thought I had the power and the control. If I would gain weight, you know, it'd always be in the same range, and then I'd just lose it. Like my my cycle in college was I'd gain weight during the year because it probably helped me get through and survive, and then in the summer I'd lose it. And then the next year, I'd gain it. And then I'd lose it. And then I graduated from college, and I didn't know how to, you know, do that anymore. Like, it, it, I didn't have that routine anymore of the gaining and losing. Um, and so, so anyway, so it just started showing up in really weird ways, in really weird ways. And I would do things like uh, <laughs> buy some. I didn't even eat fast food, and then all of a sudden I started eating fast food again, and I'd uh, go to this fast food place and eat it in the car and it didn't taste like what I wanted it to taste like and so I went to another fast food place and ate it in the car and then I didn't I was living with my parents and I didn't want them to see uh, so then I would try and find a trash can on the side of the road and throw it away on the trash can on the side of the road and I was like what am I doing right now you know what am I doing like it was and then it just progressed from there. And so I started in this, I came to a meeting. I didn't start in this program. I came to the meeting, felt that at-home feeling, um, like kicking and screaming, you know. I just didn't want this to be my thing. And um, it had to get really bad for me. Like, it had to get really bad. I started experimenting more, and this disease started showing itself more for me while I was in program. And... Um, what happened was, I think I came back in February '09 after trying my little Bikram yoga fix to be my solution, and um, and um, I, I I just know like I didn't want to write my name on a sheet that said Overeaters Anonymous on the top of it because I thought who's going to get this sheet? Who is going to see? I don't know why I thought that the secretary or whoever carries those sheets would leave them lying around in the public or something, but I didn't want that. I didn't want anybody to know, you know, and um, and so I went to that meeting because I remember I couldn't stop. I was sitting in front of the refrigerator, not sitting, standing in front of the refrigerator, throwing things in my mouth that I didn't even taste, and I couldn't stop, and I didn't want to exercise anymore. And so, and gaining weight was not an option when you come from a family where you need to look good, where that, that was my job, was to look okay. So that was not an option, and so I went back and I got a sponsor at that meeting. And, um, you know, it's so amazing how God works in my life and 
the people that he's put in my life in this journey. And there was a girl at that meeting, and um, we still talk today, and she's, you know, I don't know what would have happened if it wasn't for her because she text messaged me right away and was like, hey, I was there. There was two girls the same name, and she's like, hey, this is, you know, and she told me her name and um, from the meeting, and she text messaged me, and, like, that kept me coming back. There was something about her reaching out to me and, you know, that, that kept me coming. And um, because in my other program, I was still fine. I didn't need anybody. I didn't need your help. I was still trying to figure out how to do it on my own. I never called people. I didn't ask for help. And what happened in this program was, like, the gift of desperation was that I ran out of answers. I had no answers anymore, none. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to eat. <laughs> You know, even though I knew how to eat really well, you know. But, like, I just didn't know how to do anything anymore. And so I asked for a sponsor. I went to a Simi Valley meeting, and I asked for a sponsor at the Simi Valley meeting. And I asked her to just be my temporary sponsor because I didn't know what I was doing anymore. And she was my sponsor for a while. And then I I got another sponsor. And this woman was the first person who told me the truth. Like, I had been coddled my whole life, and no one had ever told me, like, look, this is what you're doing. And she told me the truth, and she told me things like, get a job, you know? You know, like, adults, adults have a job that they don't like, you know? That's part of being an adult is having a job that you don't like. Because my thing was, like, no, this isn't what I, I would do something and be like, no, nope, that's not what I, that's not, that's not what I want to do. Do something else? Nope, that's not what I want to do. And I thought I was fine with living at my parents' house for the rest of my life. Like, I thought that would be okay. That's what kind of denial I, I was in. I was like, this is fine. And she's like, you know, you build self-esteem by getting a job and, like, do and getting things for yourself. And I had jobs. I always had a job, but it was, like, some random job. <laughs> um And so she told me, she told me a lot of stuff and it was really hard. Like I wouldn't want to call her. I would hope that she wasn't there at the call time that I had to call her at. And, um, but she always was. And, um, you know, like just things like that. And what happened was I started projecting my mom onto her and it was never enough. Like it was never good enough. I couldn't do enough. I, this is how I felt. I couldn't do enough for this woman, you know, like, uh, I just couldn't do enough, and I remember one time with her, and this is the weighing thing, too, I remember someone talking, I used to weigh myself every day, there was one summer I weighed myself every day, and I got down to the weight that I wanted to get down, and I thought that was perfectly normal, like, everyone does that, and I remember telling this guy one time, and he's like, you weigh yourself every day, and I'm like, yeah. You know, like, how well else would you do it? Why is that abnormal? Because I needed to know what I needed to do that day. So that's why I weighed myself every day. That told me what I needed to do for that day. And um, so anyways, this sponsor had me weigh once a week, and I thought, that's ridiculous. You know, once a week? I, 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 what, what day am I supposed to pick? I don't know what day. Like, that was my problem. My huge problem was when do I weigh myself, you know? And so um, I picked Thursday. And I remember I had been, see, and this is, I was still doing it, I was doing Tessa's plan, you know, like, I was doing Tessa's program, this one AA speaker that I, I love AA speakers, by the way, this one AA speaker, he went to his sponsor and he said, my program's not working, my program's not working, and his sponsor goes, 
why don't you try our program, you know? And that's what I was doing. I was working my program and always getting the same thing, and I was doing good. I was probably not restricting, but, you know, (laughs) and exercising and probably had gotten down to a weight that I wanted to get down to. And um, and and I told her I was honest with this woman about the fact that I well, I couldn't wait to weigh myself that morning because I called her first and then I was gonna weigh and you know I do the things that we do I would go to the bathroom first like you know be completely naked like everything to weigh the least amount of weight that I could weigh and um, and I told her that and she goes oh then. But she suggested, I don't think she told me not to weigh myself that morning because I was so excited to do it. And I was like, and I binged that day. You know, like I did the whole thing like I, I ate at you. You know, like I hear and hear that people do. I'm angry so and I want you to die, so I'm going to kill myself. You know, is basically what it amounts to. And, um, and then, I don't know, somehow, and it's so amazing because I get to practice things in here Like, I get to practice things like ending a relationship with one sponsor and being honest and going to her. And I got to tell her things like, I'm projecting my mom on you. I feel like it's not enough, you know. And um, and so I did. I told her that I was going to move on. And I think for a while I was sponsorless. And this one other AA speaker that I love... He talks about how one of his sponsors told him, never, never, never should you run loose, you know, like never should you be without a sponsor, and uh, I was for a while. So I I got to continue doing my program and kept getting the same results, and it got really dark. I think it got really dark when I was in program. I I always kept going to meetings. (laughs) I remember reading a journal entry and it said I don't understand why this program's not working I'm doing everything except I, I'm not working the steps and I don't have a sponsor so, you know like I don't know how I thought I was doing everything um, so you know it got really dark and I wanted to die I really really wanted to die like that's what a lot of my journals were was you know um, I just wanted to die I didn't want to kill myself because I was too chicken to kill myself but I didn't want to live anymore and um, and so and recently I burned all those journals it was an amazing amazing experience with one of my fellows in this program and so anyways I had a commitment in my other program with um, I'm an Al-Anon and I, I was an Alateen sponsor for a meeting and so I'm, I mean I just show up that's what I do and I remember thinking like those kids need me I can't they need me and that was the only thing that kept me li- living was those kids um, so it's you know service like commitments just every every way that I can see God working in my life is so amazing today so um, I'm still alive thank God and um, because I didn't really want to die and you know it's like that whole you know I I love in Bill's story how he talks about how dark it is before the dawn you know and that's been my experience it got really really dark before you know the before this whole world has opened up in front of me and um, 
uh, this other AA speaker, he talks about how he was in his cycle and his God said, enough, I have something other for you to do now. And I feel like that's what happened with me. I feel like my God came in and was like, no, you know, I needed you to have this addiction to get to me, but enough is enough. You know, like, let's get over it. <laughs> let's, let's get to move on with this. Like, I need you. And so I feel like God took me and then just shot me out into this world. And I have, I'm on, I have a, a new sponsor today and the only thing she's ever told me is you know god is your best solution tessa period that's all she's ever said she's never said okay i want you to eat like this this and that i want you to you know do not no it's never been about food being the solution or anything else it's always god is my best solution period and um and I'm on step six and seven. I actually finally started working the steps. <laughs> and, um, you know, I worked the steps in Al-Anon, but I, I didn't have that desperation. You know, like, I didn't have that my life depends on this <laughs> kind of thing. And um, and I, I guess I wasn't in enough pain, and I was in a lot. So I just started doing what she said. And I think... Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe step two. I think it was step two when I gave it away to her, and she was telling me, um, you have to be willing to go to any lengths, Tessa. And I was like, okay, I am. And she said, and for you, willing to go to any lengths means willing to gain weight. And I started crying like a little girl because I was like, no. <laughs> I am willing to do anything but that. And I was in so much pain that it, I became willing. Fine. Fine. I'll gain weight. And what happened was uh, my ab- my absence was like three massive meals a day of whatever I wanted to eat. And she's like, you won't want to binge any. I didn't want to binge. What, what did I need to binge for if I was eating three massive meals a day of whatever I wanted? You know, there was no need. And what happened for me was I had a lot of rules and regulations because I was always trying to control this thing that I'm powerless over. So I had all these random rules and regulations, bless you. Like, don't, I, I didn't eat mayonnaise because it, it, it was horrible on my stomach. Let me tell you, I ate mayonnaise today. It's fine. My stomach is fine, you know. But I had to make up all these things to try to control this thing. And, and so that's what I did. I, and she, and I trusted her. I just trusted her. And, I, oh, and I didn't weigh myself. I mean, she was, uh, I think, every month, once a month, you could weigh yourself. And I have, and then I was like, that's, I don't know what happened. That was taken away from me, the whole, the whole thing about body weight. But let me tell you this. When I see a scale in someone's bathroom, if I go to a, I salivate. Like, it, I have a reaction to it. Like, it's kind of like when I see a good-looking guy walking by, and I have to, like, you know, whip around and look. Same reaction. Same reaction when I see a scale. You know, like, I don't know. But I don't get on it because I just, I just don't get on it. And, um... So I gained weight. I knew I gained weight because my clothes, and I work in a place where I wear stretchy clothes, and so the clothes were stretching with me, but it was uncomfortable, and I would be in yoga and just crying, like, I can't, you know, like, just crying, 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 and, um, but showing up anyways, I went to the, I had, like, a yearly checkup. And they have to weigh you. And so I got on the scale backwards, and I was like, this is so stupid. Like, I don't need to do this because I still didn't want to be a compulsive. You know, like, I felt like I didn't have a disease. (laughs) 
and I, but I got on backwards anyways, and I was like, I don't want to know my weight, and then I got in to see the doctor, and the doctor didn't hear about me not wanting to know my weight, and she goes, oh, I see you've put on some weight. <laughs> and then she said, "Well, it's not bad, but don't put in, but don't do, don't put on anymore." And let me tell you, my head started going, "F this program! This isn't working. I am gonna go and do it my way. Like, screw this! I'll be crazy, but I won't be gaining weight anymore. Like, it just..." So, and I had to do all that I could to keep from like falling apart in her office. You know, and I called my sponsor right away, and, but, you know, like, and I got through it. Like, I felt my feelings, and I didn't go back to my way, because I didn't want to get what I was getting anymore, and so, so, anyways, there's a lot. I mean, there's, there's so, there's so much, but, um... What started to happen was I started to do things differently. And in a meeting that I was recently at, we talked about, you know, I can't think myself into right acting. I act myself into right thinking. And my sponsor is really big on just telling me, show up, Tessa. Just show up. And, like, and I challenge my God, like, for tonight, you know. Like, I'm like, okay, I know you want me to be here, so you go in there and you do it for me. Because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So you do this for me. And so I do. I challenge my God every time. And I really, and, and even today, and I, I was talking, I spoke at a meeting, and I said, I think he likes it. I think he likes when I challenge him, you know, because he's up for it. He's like, fine, throw anything my way. You know, I can do anything. And, like, that's what I know with, with my God, all things are possible, all things. And I'm totally taken care of. You know, I'm totally provided for. I don't have to worry about anything. I still do because that's just me. But I I know it's all going to fall into place so beautifully. And so what started, uh, so what happened first was I was living at my parents' house, 27. I think I was 27 or 28. I think I was 28. And, um, and my grandpa had died and in Sicily. And so my mom was there. It might have happened before. My mo- I think my mom was there, and my dad started doing his disease again, actively. And um, and I just I I actually started using my sponsors, not using, <laughs> you know, like asking for help. I started actually asking for help, and it started with getting my own cell phone bill. I had my own cell phone, but my dad paid for it. Um, you know, and my dad was like, you don't need that. It's going to be expensive. Like, just pay me. And I knew he he never would take my money. So my, and I called my sponsors and both of them were like, great idea. Get your own cell phone. You know, like the money will come. Like God will provide, you know, and that's what it started with. I went and I got my own cell phone and I got like the cheapest, you know, like the cheapest cell phone you could get. It was the upgrade like for free. Cheapest cell phone. I wanted to sleep with that cell phone that night. Like I was so excited about this cell phone. And I remember I used to go to the 7.30 a.m. meetings in the Valley um, that they have Monday through Friday. There might be one on Saturday or Sunday. Um and sharing about it, and everyone was so, like, excited for me, and, um, you know, and I remember sharing, like, I can't imagine when I get my own car, like, what am I going to do with that, you know, and so it started with that cell phone, it started with that contrary action, some, that, that small, so I got my own cell phone, and then I got a job, <laughs> you know, I always had a job, but I got a, I got this job, um, 
I got this job and um, there's a lot of personal development that I have access to through this job that has kind of like coincided with working the 12 steps and having this God in my life that have really all fallen into place and shot me out into the world and um, so I got the job and then I moved out of my parents house into and I'm, I live in a house I rent a room in Playa del Rey and it's like I used to walk I went to school at LMU and I used to go to a, an Al-Anon meeting on Saturday mornings in Westchester. And I would walk around kind of close to where I live and think, like, I'm going to live here someday, you know? And then there I was. And I remember when I went to see the room, like, I cried. I, I watched the sunset that night, and I cried at when she showed me the room. She had I had no furniture. I had no money for furniture. She had furniture. She had a bed. She had drawers. She had everything. Towels, sheets. I, all I had to bring was what I ha- had. So I literally packed up this, the, the car that I had at that time and drove out there and got out of my parents' house like before the storm started because then my mom came back from Sicily after my grandpa died. She went there to finalize things. It was her dad. And then um, she came back <coughs> with my dad, and that was very interesting. And I saw great and I saw for the very first time like the reality of what I grew up in that's what was so it was just great like God got me out of there just in time rented started having this room renting this room where I can walk to the beach you know um and then what else happened I got my own car I my very first car um I leased I leased it like all these things started to happen that I never, I really thought, you guys, like, I thought that I was going to live at my parents' house forever. I never thought that I'd be able to have things happen in my life. Never, you know, and, or be able to do things for myself or, you know, be fully self-supporting. That was one of my goals was to be fully self-supporting and it happened. So I got this you know, I got this car, and then with this brand new car, I got in a car accident. <laughs> and um, and what started to happen in that year, it's this past year, what started to happen in this past year was those things that I made my source or my solution, you know, or my higher power, one by one started to fall away. Because once I got the car, let me tell you, like, I didn't want anybody to park by the damn thing. Like, I didn't want a bird to poop on it. I didn't want, I didn't know where to get it washed. Where can I wash this car? You know, it became, it was crazy. And, you know, it was my, it became my solution. And and then where, you know, I used to use what I look like to get the him, you know, or to get whatever I wanted, you know, and that fell away too like I could make myself as good as I could try and and it wasn't working anymore so like slowly in this year all my tricks and everything have been like fallen away you know and not worked anymore and it's it's amazing it's really amazing so I got in a car accident with this car and uh, my windshield caught a motorcycle in it is basically what happened. And I remember what ha- like the motorcycle was coming this way and I was making a left turn. And so I looked out the window and I remember thinking, because I was having a low day that day, and I remember thinking, really, this is how I'm going to die? Because like, it, it was coming right at me. And I feel like in that moment, God was like, nope, 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 I still need you, you know. So the motorcycle, I just ducked and covered, and then I came up, and then the motorcycle was in my windshield. 
And I remember crying. I called one of my Al-Anon sisters. I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I was, I was more, I was crying because of my car. Like, I didn't care about the guy who was on the motorcycle that wasn't on the motorcycle anymore. You know? Like, I was like, screw this guy. And then he asked for water and I gave him my water bottle and I was like, I can't believe I just gave that guy my water bottle, his germs. And like, that's what I, that, and what I've learned here is, the things that I start to focus on, it's so much easier, like, it's just easier, you know, to, like, focus on the little BS that doesn't even matter than to look at what's really going on, like, that's where my mind takes me, so, so anyways, and, and I told the paramedics, I was like, I just kept saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, and today I know how to ask for help, and say, I don't know what I'm doing, and, um, so, and I told them, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just crying because of my car, you know. And I'm like, I know it's really superficial. And, and so then that was taken away, you know, like the fact that I thought my car was the answer. Like I always thought all these things were the solution. And if I could just this, then I'd be fine. If I could just have this job, then I'd be fine. If I was just had this hymn, then I'd be fine. And slowly all those things have peeled away, and it's like, you know, my solution is not on this earth. Like, it's really an, an inside job, you know. Nothing could ever be enough on this earth. If I would get down to the weight that I thought I needed to get down to, it was like, I wonder what five more pounds, like five pounds less would look like, you know. Or it's just nuts. Like, there's my, the beast, my ego, you know, my disease. They're all, those three words, like, describe the same thing to me. And, um... You know, it always is thinking about self-preservation, and it wants me dead, will settle for me eating my life away. That, so it throws BS my way all the time, all the time. So I got in this accident. I went to this this uh, acupuncturist. He was talking about Hawaii all the time. And he's like, I think you should go visit. And I had, at my job, I had met this girl, and she transferred to Hawaii. And... um and I was like, yeah, what am I doing? I'm going to go visit her, you know. So, um, and this is, I love this story. This one woman is a speaker, and she talks about how she got on her knees one time. She wanted to go visit her mom because her mom was sick, but she didn't have the money. So she got on her knees and prayed, and she's like, okay, God, if I'm supposed to go visit my mom, you let me know. Like, I need the money to come from somewhere. And then, like, five minutes later, she gets a knock at the door, and it's the movies, and they want to use her house, and they want to pay her $40,000 or something to use her house. And so she had the money. And so I was like, okay, if it works for her, I'm going to try this one. And so I got on my knees, and I was like, okay, God, I need this money to come from somewhere if you want me to go visit Hawaii. And so you just let me know. And the next day, I got a phone call to substitute teach one of my random jobs and um for three days in a row and substitute teaching for three days in a row is the exact money for the plane ticket that it would take to get to me to hawaii and so i was like okay i guess you want me to go to hawaii so i went visited fell in love with with not a man there but with like the land you know like i fell in love with hawaii and and now i'm moving there on monday and uh yeah <laughs> And um, it's crazy. It's it's crazy how amazing this journey has been. And, um, you know, all these things are have happened in my life, are happening in my life, 
that I remember people talking about, you know, I'm in this program and I have the job that I've always wanted. And I'm like, that's great. It's never going to happen for me. It's never going to happen for me. And it's happening for me. You know, I finally stopped doing it Tessa's way, and um, I finally got a life, you know, I stopped trying to get all these things, and all of a sudden, all these things that, like, I always wanted started just falling into my life and falling into place, you know, and um, it's crazy. It's, uh, and so I wrote in my journal the other day, like, really, God? Like, this is so amazing, really, you know, like, the girl that I'm going to live with, she has an extra bedroom, with, I mean, it all, and it all fell into place for me to get to go to moving there, and my sponsor says it's downstream, Tessa, and when it's downstream, that means it's God's will, and um, so I was like, okay, and that's how it's been. Like, my head, trust me, it, has, it hasn't been, like, perf- perfect, the food started coming up, you know, and I started thinking, oh, my body's not supposed to be like this. And that's what my sponsor said. It's so much easier to focus on that than to look at what's going on. And um, and so, and my and my head has been crazy and all these things. And, um, <clears throat> and I keep showing up. That's what I've learned from her is to keep showing up. And I recently have done trapeze on the Santa Monica Pier, which is amazing. And because I work where I work, I get to do it for free, which is even better. <laughs> and um, and what I what I learned from the trapeze was that um, you know my head lies. It's always constantly lying to me, and I just I show up. I trust. I let go, and I'm fully I'm fully supported all the time. You know, like I'm fully supported all the time. And so how I learned this from trapeze was like, you know, I'd be um, climbing up the, you climb up the ladder, you're you're in, you're totally in, you're belted in, and then you have cables attached to you. And climb up the ladder, climb up, and my head's telling me like, what are you doing? Get down from here. The second time I did it, you did this already. Tessa, you did this already. Get down. You're not supposed to be up here anymore. You did it once, you're fine. And then my hands would be on the bar. Your hands aren't strong enough. They can't hold you. You know, and then they tell you to jump. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, your hands are going to hold on for dear life. So I held on. And then you have to put your knees up on the bar. And then they tell you to let go of your hands. And she says, let go. The whole time, she's telling me what to do. And she's like, let go. And I'm like, and my head's telling me, your legs aren't on tight enough. They're not strong enough. And I let go anyways because she said to. And sure enough, my legs held me there. You know, and then at the end, like, a guy catches you at the end. So, and and I thought, he, I, I'm going to hold on to my bar. I don't know how he's going to catch me on his bar. So, anyways, it's just, like, it's so amazing. It gets, it hasn't been easy, but it gets so much better. You know, it just keeps getting better and better. And I'm so grateful that I get to be a compulsive overeater and that I have a God in my life you know, like, that I never, that I never, ever thought I would have, no, not that I never, that I always had, I just didn't know it, you know, like, I always had this thought in my life, I just didn't know it, and so I'm grateful that these steps are getting me to my solution, which is God, period, that's my only solution, so, thanks for listening, you guys.